Hey everybody, this is No Bones About Wrestling. I am your host, Asa, and I'm here with Kay Fabulous. Hey. And this is your AEW Dynamite Blood and Guts Report. (laughs) It was July 19th, 2023. They were in Beantown, Boston, Massachusetts. And the big match was Blood and Guts, the big main event. Five on five, two rings, steel cage, uh, containing all the violence, and we will get to that. Uh, They gave that the the whole second hour of the show. Uh, But we had a couple matches before that, so let's cover those. Uh, They let off the show. Uh, First, there's a segment shown with Jack Perry burying Jungle Boy in the desert. Well, first they play Jungle Boy's music and his normal entrance thing, and then they interrupt it with this right. video. He's, so we're having an FTW championship match. Hook is putting his FTW title belt and his undefeated streak, he's 34-0, and putting both on the line against Jack Perry. And, right, we get Jack Perry's entrance. He doesn't come out. Instead, we get this video, and he's burying the Jungle Boy. He's burying his persona... <laughs> In in the desert. I don't know why in the desert. We're in Boston, Massachusetts. But he's burying it in the desert. And then catches a ride in a limo that comes by. So then Perry comes out to Beethoven. Yep. So that's what happened. So and, Pe- and the screens are black when he comes out. Like there's no... No Titan Tron video. It doesn't say his name. It's just all black. Yeah, so that's Perry's new entrance. I, d- I don't think it's going to stay his new entrance. No, I don't like it. But that's it for now. And so the match begins. Perry charges Hook. He's met with body shots by Hook. And they fight into the crowd, so I guess they got approval for that. They're in the crowd very briefly. Uh, Hook clotheslines Perry back over the barrier. Back in the ring now. Perry with an eye poke. And then a top rope drop kick to Hook's head. Perry puts a choke hold on Hook, who gets to his feet, tries to elbow his way out of the choke hold, and gets thrown back down. An Irish whip is reversed. Hook goes into the corner and seems to hurt his lower back. Hook T bone suplexes Jack Perry from the apron to the floor in the probably the most memorable spot of the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of takes a cameraman down with him. And Perry hits a DDT on the outside as well. Uh, Perry, German suplex, I say as well. Um, I, I should not have said as well. Perry hits a DDT on the outside. Uh, Perry, German suplexes Hook to a no-sell by Hook. Hook then German suplexes Perry for a two-count. German suplexes him again. Again, only gets a two count. At this point, Perry mule kicks Hook, meaning he kicks him backwards in the nuts, kicks, you know, between his legs in the nuts uh, for for the uh, two count. Uh, Then there's a ref bump in the corner. So we've seen several uh, close, uh, close counts here. We've seen a low blow that didn't get it done. Now the ref's down. 
Hook suplexes Perry and gets the pin. The crowd counts all the way up to seven, so the match should be over. Uh, it's at this point that Perry grabs the FTW belt and blasts Hook with it. He covers him. One, two, three. Jack Perry is the new FTW champion. He is only the sixth man ever to hold that belt. In ECW, there were two men. There was Taz, who invented the belt. He said, if, you know, he said, if you're not going to give me a world title shot, I'll invent my own title, FTW, standing for Fuck the World title. FTW, Fuck the World. Um, so Taz was the first. Sabu won it from Taz only only one time when Sabu when Taz knocked out Sabu and put Sabu's arm over himself to give the belt to Sabu. A very strange <laughs> happening, but that's what happened. So Taz, Sabu, and then in AEW, uh Brian Cage had it, Ricky Starks had it, Hook had it, and now Jack Perry. So only six men have had the belt. And this is, correct me if I'm wrong, this is Hook's first loss as a singles wrestler, right? Correct. Hook is now 34-1. and one. This is his first loss. Interesting. So a big win for Jack Perry. Uh, Jack Perry's first singles championship. Hook's first singles loss. Uh, good match between these two. Mm-hmm. This is, they matched up well. Uh, I give it four bones out of five. Kay, what do you have to say about this FTW championship match? Um, I enjoyed the match overall. There was some great heel work by Perry throughout the match. Like, even before the match started, he was kind of jawjacking with some small children outside the ring. Uh, And then once the match started, he actually continued with that. Rake to the eyes, the mule kick, the belt hit. Just really good heel work sprinkled throughout. Uh, That I also think helped... Those of us that wanted to see Hook win and retain to be able to say, like, well, if he hadn't cheated, he wouldn't have won, you know. So I always appreciate that. Um, at one point, there was a great use of the ropes by Perry to apply more pressure. Uh, Hook was laying over the middle rope with his neck and arms dangling over, and Perry stood, like, between his shoulder blades with both feet and then lifted the top rope up to really get that that extra pressure. And I just thought it was a really clever use of the ropes. Um, and then my final thoughts, this should have been on Battle of the Belts 7 instead of the Dynamite following Battle of the Belts 7. Because on Battle of the Belts, nothing happened. Like, no belts changed hands. The matches were nothing to write home about. If they knew they were going to do this, why not put it on your special belt show to make the show actually somewhat special? You know, it just seems odd, like an odd booking choice. I hear you. I agree. I agree. At least, because on Battle of the Belts, I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree. There wasn't, there wasn't anything to write home about. I mean, there were some good matches on that show, but nothing. It was a show you could miss because, as you said, nothing quote unquote happened. There weren't any title changes. It felt like a rampage. No, uh, I wouldn't say that. I say it. I mean, there were three title matches. That's not a Rampage. So, no, you're wrong. They've done that on Rampage before. Well, that it wasn't a Rampage, so you're wrong. It didn't feel like a Rampage. It did to me. Well, you're wrong. 
there were three title matches. But you are right that they should have put this on Battle of the Belts so that they could have had one title change. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, good match. And mm-hmm. Jack Perry, working heel, uh, he looked good. He had some energy uh, behind him, and it seemed like his, this this new style that he's working has given him kind of some renewed energy that maybe he was missing. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. So we'll see where, where this heel Jack Perry goes. I'm not sure it's all come together quite yet, but uh, in the ring, it's good. I'm not sure the presentation is there quite yet. You know, he needs more than just a, you know, a black leather jacket doesn't really make you a heel. Or does yeah. it? Does it? <laughs> maybe it does. I mean, if you're an animal rights activist, maybe. Right. But, uh, but we'll see. We'll see where they get the, the presentation down to. Maybe past... Black leather jacket and sunglasses equals bad guy. Maybe they can get past that. Um, but yeah, good match and, and a new FTW champion in Jack Perry. Uh, up next, Alex Marvez is following Chris Jericho uh, as he is dining shirtless with Don Callis. And when I say shirtless, they are, they're in a restaurant and Chris Jericho is wearing a leather jacket with no shirt. Uh, a security guard comes, uh, finds Alex Marvez, and turns off the camera. So Jericho and Callis meeting about something, we don't know what. One can only speculate it has to do with Don Callis's quote-unquote wrestling mm-hmm. family that he's trying to put together, I mean, which right now only includes Konesuke Takeshita. They're uh, smiling and like laughing and seeming like they're having a good time together. So. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, up next, we get a uh, recap video of MJF and Adam Cole's newest round of hanging out together. Uh, they, uh, Adam Cole says that he he learned MJF had a fear of spicy food, so he takes MJF to a Chinese restaurant to feed him. Spicy foods. I thought it was a Hawaiian restaurant. I think it was Chinese. They had tiki cups and lays on the table. I thought it was a Chinese restaurant. Oh, I don't know. They had lays on the table and tiki cups. I think they're like Hawaiian, Hawaii, Hawaiian themed Chinese restaurants. Oh, okay. I could be very wrong about this, but I think it was a Chinese place. Okay. Um. But yeah, so. Uh, MJF tells the, uh, Cole the story about body slamming Big Bill during the tag team tournament, and Adam Cole's like, "Dude, I was there." You know, <laughs> it's pretty funny. And they're they're drink uh, eating their spicy Chinese food, and they're you know playing about how how hot it is, and they you know they get drinks, and they're asking the waiter, "Bring me water," or you know, "Bring me a drink." And then the waiter's like, that was 100% alcohol. And then they're like, what? And and it's a comedy bit, and it's silly. Uh, and then they, they come back to it a minute later, and MJF is, is you know, they they cut, and uh, a jump cut, not a jump cut, a, uh, a fade. And, it, and so time has passed, and now MJF is telling the story about Big Bill again, but now he's drunk, 
And so now Big Bill weighs, what, 629 pounds, <laughs> and it was in front of 99,000 people at, at the Saskatoon Silver Dome, which is not the name of the arena. Um, so it's it, it was pretty funny. Uh, and at the end of it all, for for whatever reason, I don't remember, at the end of it all, MJF and Adam Cole, who are both wear, uh, wearing their Better Than You Bebe shirts, uh, they double clothesline the Chinese waiter. Yeah, seems kind of mean. I forget why they double clotheslined him, but they did it. Well, one of them thought that it was Ricky Starks, and then the other one thought that it was Sammy Guevara. The waiter? Yes. Oh, okay. But it was, it was a funny bit, that's for sure. It wasn't as funny as last week uh, with all the birthday stuff and everything. Was that last week? Uh, I think that was the week before. Well, it was funny. It was funny, though. Uh, next, Don Callis and Chris Jericho arrive to the arena in a limo and insult Alex Marvez as he's still trying to find out what's going on between these two. He's kind of like stalking them at this point. That's what reporters got to do to get a story, yeah. Yes, that's true. Free press. Uh, Up next, the only women's uh, match or segment of the night is a squash match. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, beats Kayla Sparks in what felt like under two minutes. That was definitely under two minutes. Uh, Beat her with a lockjaw. Kayla Sparks submits very quickly. And that was it. Nothing nothing else having to do with the women all night. No. So that sucks. Yeah. Like at least give us like a promo if you're not not giving us a match. Well what I said, you could you could have taken five minutes off of the blood and guts match. Mm-hmm. You take, you know, one minute off of the FTW match, you take Two minutes off of the tag match, and there you got an eight-minute women's match there. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. At least. At least do that much. Done. And it wouldn't have hurt anything. You could have mm-hmm. done every other thing you did, and it wouldn't have hurt a thing. Yeah. So I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. So that's my... This was an excellent episode of Dynamite. Don't get me wrong. But that is... That's my only complaint about this episode is that there wasn't enough women's stuff. Like, one squash match that was under two minutes is your only women's content? That's pretty shitty. Uh, Up next, MJF and Adam Cole are with Renee. And it turns out that MJF got them matching uh, trunks to wear. Also turns out Adam Cole got them matching jackets to wear for the ring entrance. And Cole said he also has a surprise in mind. And uh, MJF says, oh man, you know, what is it? Don't do that to me. And and then the two walk off and they're happy and they're giddy. And Roderick Strong comes by and comes calling for Adam Cole. But Cole's too far gone and can't hear him. And Roderick Strong is just left there looking stupid, frankly. Yeah. His, like, I forgot what he said. He had, like, a one-line delivery, and it was just not good. Oh, it was terrible. It was, it it was, was terrible. I forget what his delivery was. Uh, up next, the Blind Eliminator Tag Team Tournament Final. 
So the winners receive a World Tag Team title shot. I think they said July 29th on on Collision. Let me see. I believe that's correct. Yeah, on Collision against FTR. Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara taking on world champion MJF and his partner Adam Cole. Uh, Cole, turns out the surprise is Cole has commissioned a mix of their music, uh, a mashup, I guess you call it, of their mm-hmm. music, uh, and MJF loves it. Uh, and they're coming down, and MJF high-fiving fans just looks wrong. <laughs> uh, I made a, I wrote, I mean, it just does. It's weird. I like it. It's weird. And before this match starts, Garcia does his weird dancing. And MJF, in response, does does the weird dancing back. And then MJF starts asking the crowd, he's like, you want to see a dance-off? And the crowd, of course, is like, yeah. He's like, you want to see a dance-off? Yeah. So then MJF goes over near the timekeeper's table. And on some audio uh, panel hits a button that starts like disco music and lights and then uh Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara do a dance routine yeah like a choreographed dance routine a a, a poorly choreographed disco dance routine um that's yeah yeah uh, <laughs> and then after that MJF does his own and then he tries to get Adam Cole to dance but Adam Cole just does a lot of crotch thrusting yeah Adam Cole is bad uh, and then there's a record scratch even though this is obviously digital music <laughs> But there's a record scratch, and the music stops. And the and then Guevara and Garcia attack MJF and Adam Cole before the bell. What are your thoughts on the dance-off? Uh, it was stupid. Yeah. And unnecessary, and... Yeah. That's yeah. it, really. I agree, stupid I agree and unnecessary. I didn't find it entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me either. Uh, I found it silly. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm all for comedy and wrestling, but... It needs to be funny. It needs to be funny. I mean, that's the thing. If it's not funny, it goes really... It can go, it can go really badly if it's not funny, you know? Mm-hmm. Because it's not... Comedy isn't inherent to wrestling, really, at all, you know? Mm. Like, being funny is not a part of of fighting. It's not a part of having a grudge and fighting, which is what all this stuff is about. So, it just feels... When it falls flat, when it doesn't work, it just feels so forced because it is so forced, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's how this felt to me just was was dumb and a waste of time. The crowd seemed to love it. 
We could have cut that and given that time to the women's matches. Cut the stupid dance. dance exactly, off. yeah. Yeah. The crowd in Boston seemed to love it. Uh, didn't do anything for me, though. Uh, well, let's see. So, uh, Guevara starts by working on MJF. He tags in Garcia, uh, keeping MJF in the corner. Garcia hits a jumping knee drop on MJF. Guevara back in, suplexes MJF. Jumps off the top rope. Uh, Guevara is, is on the top rope. And MJF is, is trying to get to Cole. Guevara jumps off the top rope to run and keep MJF from tagging in Cole. Uh, Guevara and Garcia try a double clothesline. Uh, Cole gets tagged in. Cole super kicks Garcia. Uh, Sammy Guevara springboards into a super kick. Cole tags in MJF. Guevara ducks a double clothesline and hits a double Spanish fly. Stupid. Double Spanish fly doesn't... It's, like, impossible to be able to do that to two men. That's a stupid fucking move. Daniel Garcia comes in. Uh, double chop block. Now, that makes sense. You could take out two men's knees, because all you gotta do is hit two knees. You can do that. I could do that. That makes sense. Uh, Garcia puts a sharpshooter on Cole. Uh, Cole gets MJF uh, to hit a tope suicida. Cole is is convincing MJF to to dive out because uh, Garcia and and Guevara are both outside the ring. He's telling them to dive and dive, and he gets the whole crowd in Boston to tell MJF to dive, dive. And he gets MJF to, to dive out and hit a tope suicida. And then MJF gets up and he just looks in wonderment. He can't believe what he's just done. That he hit this this uh, dive through the ropes. And, he, and he's like, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. And he's filled with, with power now that he's done it. Uh, back in the ring, Adam Cole hits a Panama, Panama Sunrise on Daniel Garcia. And uh, Cole and MJF hit a double clothesline for the pin and the win. Uh, very good match. Four bones out of five. And MJF and Adam Cole get a world tag team title shot on collision July 29th against FTR. Kay, what do you have to say about this match? I really enjoyed this match. Um, I also thought the dancing was really stupid. Um, but after that was over, I thought the match itself was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that Sammy and uh, Garcia did a good job of keeping MJF from tagging in the first half of the match. They did a really good job splitting the ring. Mm, yeah, they worked well together. I also wrote down that the double Spanish fly by Sammy was dumb. Um Kind of took me out of the match yeah. by its stupidity. Exactly. Uh, and, and that's the thing is is about those types of moves. You know, is the whole thing is now you know now we all know it's 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 uh, predetermined and all. We all know everyone's cooperating with these moves, but we to have fun with it, we suspend our disbelief. Mm-hmm. You know, at least that's what I do. Yeah, I suspend my disbelief. And I I act as though 
and try to get in the mind frame as though they're actually fighting in there while I'm watching it. Yeah. And when I see a move, like a double Spanish fly, a move that one man has grabbed two men and is doing a backflip, taking both of their body weight with him, no. Yeah. It's it's absurd. Those kinds of moves. Um... Those kinds of moves that are are physically improbable need to be done away with because all it does is take people out of the match, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like, that's what it does for me. It just takes me out of the match and says, that's really fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. And then the, I'm not thinking about the next move you're doing. I'm just thinking about how dumb what the last one was. Yeah, you know? yeah, I agree. And it takes me a bit to get back into the match mm-hmm. because I'm just thinking about how dumb that was and yeah. why they why they think they should do that. And, yeah, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely pulls you out for a while. Yeah. Um, in regards to MJF's dive to the outside, if you don't follow MJF on Twitter, you totally should because it's delightful always. Um, but he posted a black and white photo of him doing the dive, saying "throwback." And then I'm going to read the quote that accompanies the photo. I hit the greatest dive in the history of our sport to win the blind eliminator tag tournament in front of 50,000, I'm sorry, 500,000 <laughs> screaming devil worshipers in the original Boston Garden, brother. <laughs> um, so, so it was in front of 8,000 people in the new Boston Garden. Yes, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> I thought that was, uh, was a nice touch in continuing the story. Um that's funny. Yeah, yeah, and I was excited uh, that they got the double clothesline for the pin and the win. Mm-hmm. So those are my those are my thoughts on the match. So they're they're getting the tag team title shot against F- FTR. Mm-hmm. Do you want them to win? Yes, I do. Should they win? Probably not. Why not? Um. Well, did you do did you talk about after the match yet? Not yet. No. Okay. Well, I think. We're starting. We will see, as as Asa will soon tell us. We will see that there are cracks starting to form in this beautiful, friendly facade. Um, and I feel like if they win the tag titles, they're not going to keep that facade together long enough to warrant getting the titles. Yeah. So yeah. So what happens after the after the match? Uh, Jericho is waiting for. He's been on commentary, and he's waiting for. Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia at the top of the ramp and they walk right past him. You know, he's waiting for them not to scold them, like he's waiting for them like to be like, yeah, good job guys get them next time, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. it's, it's obvious, that's the kind of vibe he's coming at them with mm-hmm. <laughs> but they just walk right past him uh, so the Jericho Appreciation Society uh, looks like it is in its uh, waning days here mm-hmm. you know, uh Jericho, so he's had Jake Hager turn in his hat. He's had Garcia and Guevara walk right past him. So all that's left is Menard and Parker and and a JAS. So, yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen with the Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, So back in the ring... MJF gets mad at Adam Cole for picking up the world title belt. Uh, but they they hug it out 
after the crowd, the crowd chants for them to hug it out, and they do. And MJF, he hugs it out with Cole. And then as soon as Cole is done hugging it out, MJF coldly stares at Cole afterwards. Uh, And then FTR comes down, and they face off with MJF and Cole, just showing them that they're not uh, they're not scared of them, and kind of showing them they're ready for the for the challenge. You know, in MJF is M- MJF's there we go defense. Uh, Adam Cole is picking up the belt to hand it to MJF. But he definitely takes like a long, longing stare at the belt on his slow way to turn to hand it to MJF. So I don't mm. feel like he's totally out of line there. You know. But yeah, we saw, and it was fun. You know, we've seen like this fun, goofy MJF lately. He totally snapped and changed. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, and it shows the one thing about MJF that has not changed is that the most, the thing he most values in the world is the world heavyweight title. Yeah. Uh, he didn't want anybody messing with that. Or messing with his chances to keep it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the first crack we've seen in this MJF and Adam Cole uh, team. Yeah. So it looks like we're, you know, to me, it looks like we're headed to seeing MJF versus Adam Cole at All In. If that's not what they're doing August 27th at All In, I don't know what else they're doing mm-hmm. for, for the world title. Uh, that I mean to me, it looks like that has to be what they're doing. They have time to do something else. Yeah, and they have plenty of time. Uh, but it just, it seems like that's what they're doing. I mean, we're what five weeks out. So. Um, Only so time we'll will see. tell. Yeah, MJF versus Cole looks like what they're doing at 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 all in though. The, the few matches I could say I think we're seeing it all in are MJF versus Cole. And I, I feel like we're going to see Jericho versus Sting. Mm-hmm. And past that, I'm really not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really not sure. I feel like we might get Omega versus Osprey again. Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like we may see that. And then past that, past that, I'm not sure. That's the one that I feel like the most confident on. Yeah? Yeah. I'm not sure about that. Um, yeah, like I said, FTR come down. They face off with MJF and Cole. And as the segment ends, MJF and... Uh, MJF and Cole, the the new mix, the mashup of their music plays. And Dax Harwood looks into the camera and he says, Hey, Tony, you know, speaking to Tony Khan, he says, Hey, Tony, play our music next time. We're the champs. So that was pretty funny, I Mm -hmm. thought. Yeah. Kind of of a good point, too, Mm -hmm. you know? Plus, their music's so awesome. Yeah, FTR. No, nothing against the mashup, but FTR's music. FTR is has some the best. pretty sweet music. It's yeah. it's a it's supposed to be a throwback. It's like the Midnight Express, eighties mm-hmm. uh, tag team music. Well, that's uh, great. It's supposed to be like the Midnight Express music, I think. 
All right. Um, up next, we had a, uh, a recap of Collision of that awesome five-bone, two-out-of-three-fall tag team title match where FTR retained the titles over Jay White and Juice Robinson, who I feel like should have won the belts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, I think fans need need some sort of showing that Jay White and Juice Robinson are something special. They're not just here, you know? Yeah. Um, but whatever, they lost, so FTR still the champions. And it was an awesome match. And it also has a recap of Ricky Starks winning the men's Owen Hart Foundation Tournament and Willow Nightingale winning the women's Owen Hart Foundation Tournament. Then we have Renee Paquette with every half the damn roster. She's with Best Friends, Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, TBS champion Chris Statlander, and Nick Wayne. All together. And they say Statlander is defending her TBS title against Marina Shafir on Rampage. So that's cool. Uh... Best Friends are getting a Ring of Honor World Tag Team title shot at Death Before Dishonor, the pay-per-view, on the 21st. And Darby Allen and Nick Wayne are in Royal Rampage on the 21st. No? Yeah. Yeah, Friday the 21st. And Darby uh, is talking to Orange Cassidy, and he says that there's someone who, when he was homeless, let him sleep on his couch, and that's A.R. Fox. And he asks Orange Cassidy if he'll give A.R. Fox an international title shot. And, of course, Orange Cassidy's like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> so uh, I, think they say, I think they say next week on Dynamite, but I'm, I'm not clear. I'm not sure. They said next week. They didn't specify on Dynamite, but I feel like that was implied. I think they said next week on Dynamite, Orange Cassidy versus A.R. Fox, but I'm not sure. Um, and so they're hyping up Royal Rampage, and what it is, it's a battle royal, 20 men, two rings. Um, you know, it's, it's taped after... Um, Dynamite, they, they keep the two rings set up, and uh, the winner gets a TNT title shot. So that's pretty cool. What's weird, though, is last year it was a world title shot. Yeah, last so year Brody been... King of the House of Black won and got a world title shot. So it's been downgraded a little bit. Mm-hmm. Also coming up on, and so that's happening on Rampage uh, this Friday, the the Royal Rampage. Um, Also coming up on Rampage, QTV, uh, we're having a trios match. The team of QTV, which is QT Marshall, Johnny TV, and Aaron Solo take on the Acclaimed and Daddy Ass. And of course QTV accompanied by Harley Cameron. And I'll tell you, we saw uh, the AAA, Triple Mania 31 from Tijuana last weekend, and QT Marshall had a match against Penta El Cerro Miedo, and it was uh, uh, an ambulance match, Ambulancio. And QT Marshall beat the shit out of him, uh, out of Penta. Beat him with light bulbs, 
beat him with cookie pans, beat him with a steel chair. What else did he beat him with? Well, he handcuffed him to the ring. Um, I feel like there was a kendo stick at one point. Uh, there was like... It was like a two-by-four with barbed wire wrapped around it was that he there? mushed into his forehead at one point. Was there? Yeah. He beat the shit out of him. Because he did that, like, right before he shoved him into the crowd. Because yeah. I was, like, horrified that all the blood was going where the crowd was. <laughs> yeah, man. And QT Marshall, they had some angle where Penta had had, a uh, like, a stalker in AAA. And then it was revealed that QT Marshall had been the stalker. And, uh... And so they set up this ambulance match. And it ended when QT, you know, put Pence's ass in the ambulance and uh, and won the match. And then uh, hopefully they took Pinto to the hospital because he got his ass kicked. Yeah. I mean, and and like I said, he, he did get... Aaron Solo was there. So it did take two men uh, handcuffing him and beating his ass to, to beat him. So it wasn't a fair fight. Uh, but QT Marshall did win. Yeah, I think Aaron Solo at one point sprays him with a fire extinguisher from inside the ambulance to distract him. Uh, yeah. So that I think that's what eventually got him into the ambulance was the distraction. Uh, it was a good match. It was fun. It was a good match, and and like I said, QT won. And after the match, a bunch of fans. Were came up and were kind of physically challenging QT Marshall, and you saw him. He did not back down. Uh, he was standing up to them, kind of like, you know, what? What are you gonna do? And they didn't do anything. And then security got them, thankfully, and mm-hmm. nothing transpired. But the fans were c- kind of coming after QT for beating up Penta so badly. Uh, it was entertaining. If if you have time. Uh, there's another AAA, Triple Mania 31, coming up. I forget what city they're in, but it's coming up August 12th. And if, uh, if you have the time and the money, you should get it because it's going to be a fun show. I bet you. Uh, if it's anything like this past Saturday's AAA, Triple Mania show was, and the main event was El Hijo Del Vikingo versus Kenny Omega, man... Fantastic five bone match, uh, in in Tijuana, just uh, yeah. So like I said, AAA is doing some good stuff, and they have the women in there. They have the women in a battle royal. Had two women in it, in there just fighting the men like it's nothing, you know. And the men are punching the women and doing moves to them, like it's nothing. And uh, you know, and it's you know you don't see that here. It's mm. it's very different here. I mean, they're separated. Um, and I think usually, of course, they are in Mexico, too. But, you know, you don't generally see two women in a battle royal here. You'll see one, and they make a huge deal out of it here mm-hmm. if she is in a battle royal here. Yeah. But here we saw two, and there was... And one of them won. A woman won the battle royal, and they didn't make a huge deal of it like yeah. a, like she won... It was just like she won. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was like she won because she was the best competitor. Yeah. Um, El, Hi- uh, El Hydra? Or Hiedra. Hiedra. I yeah. believe it was. Um, La Hiedra. La Hiedra. I believe it was. Okay. Uh, anyways, enough about AAA. Uh, 
So also coming up, let's see, on Collision, uh, World Trios titles are going to be on the line on Saturday. The House of Black put their belts on the line against the Acclaimed and Daddy Ass. So the Acclaimed and Daddy Ass busy on Rampage against QTV and busy with a World Trios title match on Collision. Then we get a Blood and Guts hype video. And uh, now it's time. It is time for Blood and Guts. Uh, we've got Team Blackpool Combat Club, which is John Moxley, Ring of Honor World Champion Claudio Castagnoli. Uh, we've got Kanosuke Takeshita. We got Pack. Pack. And Yuta Wheeler Yuta. And Wheeler Yuta. And we've got Team Golden Elite, which is Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page, Kota Ibushi, and the Young Bucks. Uh, so the rules are two men start off. Uh, they're in for five minutes, I believe, and uh, and then another man enters. The heel team usually gets the advantage because it, it wouldn't make sense for the faces to, to have a two-on-one advantage. But so... Another man enters, and then every three minutes, another man enters. So the heels have a two-on-one advantage, then it's tied up two-on-two. Then the heels have a three-on-two advantage, then it's tied up three-on-three, etc., etc., until we get to five-on-five. That is when the match actually, quote-unquote, begins. The match cannot end until all ten men are in. Cannot end at all until all ten men are in. And then it may only end by submission or surrender. If someone says, that's it, we're done, we can't go on any longer. So, uh, this has been one of my favorite things. And essentially, this is a, or not essentially, this is a copy of WWE's War Games. Uh, but it's a great thing to copy. Uh, it's one of my favorite things, WWE does uh it's been one of my favorite things that wcw did and before them nwa it was a creation of dusty Rhodes in the 1980s um and uh it's just a great way to settle a feud and i mean the double rings with the huge cage around both it's it's a great spectacle and it just makes for a great atmosphere uh, to settle a feud uh, between two teams. And you can make it either a feud between two teams, like we're seeing this year, or you can combine several feuds in one, like you'll see in in other years. Um, but this year, it's these two teams facing each other. Um, but yeah, back when I was a kid, it was one of my favorite things. I remember I saw it, and I was like, man, most of wrestling like is fake but this has to be real you know they're in the steel cage and everybody's bleeding i was like this shit's man this shit, this shit they're really fighting each other aren't they uh so war games always held a it was it was it always held a, a different place because it, it was like everything was turned up uh the intensity the the rivalries the blood uh Everything was was turned up. 
to a higher level. Uh, so let's get to it. Uh, Ring of Honor World Champion Claudio Castagnoli is one of the first two in. Kenny Omega is the other. Claudio hits a tilt-a-world backbreaker. Omega with some knife-edge chops on Claudio. Claudio takes Omega down with some European uppercuts. Omega hits Claudio with a Hurricane Rana. Pack is next in for a two-on-one advantage for Team BCC. Pack nails a series of kicks on Omega. Uh, Pack and Claudio push each other out of the way while going for Omega. So they have a two-on-one advantage, but they're bickering over who's going to beat up Omega. Uh, Hangman Adam Page comes in next to even it up at two-on-two. He clotheslines Claudio out of one of the rings. Uh, he hits Claudio with a springboard lariat. Page hits a top rope moonsault on Claudio. Omega big boots Claudio into the cage and throws him backwards into it twice. John Moxley enters to make it three on two. And before we get into to that, because the match kind of it changes a bit uh, once Moxley enters, as you can imagine. Kay, what do you what do you think of what we've seen so far? Um, first of all, I was really impressed with Claudio and Omega because if I went into a match first, knowing that I was going to have to wrestle for an hour, I would not have gone as hard as they did to start off. That first full five minutes was like nonstop hard hitting action. Mm -hmm. And so I was very impressed with that. Mm -hmm. Um, when Pac came in with those kicks, like the, the first thing that popped into my mind is like, that man must never miss a leg day. His legs are like tree trunks, and those kicks look sharp and painful. Yeah. Um, one thing that... So we watched the match twice. Uh, and after I watched it the first time on Twitter, I saw that uh, Evil Uno had tweeted, like, he's wearing our colors. And so I didn't notice it the first time we watched it. But when Hangman Adam Page came out... Came out um, he and the Young Bucks were wearing Dark Order colors, which I just felt like was something worth noting because yeah. it seems like an odd, probably intentional choice. Um, I mean, they look like they're in the Dark Order. They're wearing black, purple, black, and purple white. Black, purple, and white, yeah. Uh, Hangman and the Young Bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I thought the announcers right before uh, Moxley came in, shortly after Hangman came in, uh, the announcers did a really good job pointing out that this rivalry really started with the conflict between Paige and Moxley, which this rivalry has been going on for so long that I had actually totally forgotten about this. So I'm, I was felt very appreciative of them reminding us of this. Um, and, and really, this, this all happened before Paige had even rejoined the Elite, so it sort of helped reunite Hangman and the Elite, this feud. And mm -hmm. so it was just nice to have that that background reminder. I thought it was a good job of the announcers to think to mention that. Mm -hmm. So John Moxley enters to make it a three on two advantage for the Blackpool combat club. He has a fork and he starts stabbing people with it. Starts stabbing page. Then again, goes over and starts stabbing Omega. Uh, he has another fork for Claudio. Uh, John Moxley continues on page. He then, he produces, from somewhere, he produces a bag of broken glass and pours it into the ring. 
next up, Nick Jackson comes in to make it three on three. Uh, Nick Jackson kicks Claudio, hits a stunner on Pack, uh, hits a face buster on Claudio, then goes back through the ropes and hits a diamond cutter on Pack. This is some. Uh, this was some uh, segment here by Nick Jackson. He was just going back and forth between these two men, weaving through the ropes like a. I don't know what to what to compare him to. I don't know. He was like, we- a, like a snake. Yes, thank you. Weaving through the ropes like a snake. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Nick Jackson, Hurricane Rana's Claudio onto the glass. Uh, Claudio and Moxley double suplex Omega onto the broken glass. Next up, Wheeler Yuta enters, making it a four-on-three advantage for the Blackpool Combat Club. Yuta suplexes Nick Jackson onto a chair. Claudio Castagnoli hits Nick Jackson's head against the turnbuckle pad 20 times with some rough-looking hits, too, some violent-looking hits. Uh, Matt Jackson enters next, making it four-on-four. So, Kay, what do you have to say leading uh, up to this point? Um, my only, like, really sort of big note is up to this point, we haven't really seen any blood. Right. Like, Mox comes out with that fork and forks the crap out of, I think, Omega and then gives uh, Castagnoli the, the fork and he forks uh, Paige. It just seemed odd, like, because we've seen them get stabbed with forks before and then, like, instantly be fountains of right. blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it just seemed odd. Like, at one point, by the time Yuta comes out, the ref has gloves on, but there's still no, like, easily visible blood. I'm assuming at this point that Omega and Nick Jackson's backs are probably bleeding from the glass. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just seemed, I mean, I kind of appreciated it that they let it go for so long before we got blood, but for a match called Blood and Guts, it took a really long time to see any blood at all. Mm. Uh, I just feel like that's worth noting because of how odd it is. So, uh, Matt Jackson enters, making it four on four. He comes in, DDT's Utah onto a chair. The Young Bucks hit Risky Business, a double team attack onto John Moxley. Nick Jackson, Hurricane Rana's Claudio Castagnoli. Takeshita, German suplexes both bucks at once. Stupid. John Moxley uh, brings out a bed of nails. A bed of nails. Like from Ripley's Believe It or Not or some shit. <laughs> a bed of nails. He sets it in the corner. Uh... Moxley then, he's fighting Kenny Omega near it, and Moxley drop kicks Kenny Omega into the bed of nails. He then body slams Omega onto the bed of nails. Uh, Kota Ibushi enters, and uh, the match is now five on five, and so the match begins. Moxley stomps Omega's hand on the bed of nails, Ibushi, Ibushi kicks Moxley onto the bed of nails and then hits a standing moonsault on him while he's laying on the bed of nails. Castagnoli throws Nick Jackson against the cage 
and Jackson lands between the cage and the ring, Look, looks to have hurt his hip a little. Uh, at this point, Moxley is bleeding profusely. Uh, Hangman Page hits Moxley with a trash can, and at this point, Yuta is climbing the cage. And before we get to that, what uh, what do you have to say about this segment of the match, Kay? Um, well, starting from when Matt Jackson entered, uh, he goes right after Pat. I'm sorry, Pat goes right after him as soon as he gets in, and the announcers did another great job of reminding us that the Young Bucks were kind of to blame for breaking Pac's nose uh, during that series of seven uh, trios matches. Um, and so Pat goes right after him, but uh, Matt just sends him face first into the glass and then fakes a super kick to Yuta after dodging a chair shot by Yuta and then follows it with a DDT to Yuta onto Yuta's chair. And I just thought that was like a really great sequence oh, yeah. of action. Um, so I felt like it was worth noting. Um, one sort of odd thing that I noticed, the chairs that they brought into this weren't the normal wrestling chairs. They were plastic. Like, they had metal framing, but the seat and backing were all plastic. I'd never seen them use that type of chair in a match before, so I don't know if they just didn't bring chairs with them, assuming those would be at the garden, and these were the only kind that they had, Uh, but it just seemed odd. Um, Also, it's worth noting that Don Callis, during this part of the match joined uh the men on commentary and was delightful was he yes i think he's great on commentary well especially when omega got uh slammed into the bed of nails he was just like overjoyed and it was, it was just it made the moment even better <laughs> so yuda is climbing the cage matt jackson follows him up and at this point you know i'm just worrying i hope no one dies you know it's funny how we react to things differently as we age because 20 years ago these two were climbing the, the the cage and I would have been like, yeah, you know, hell yeah, get up there. And now I'm climbing the cage I'm just like, be careful. <laughs> oh, don't fall, you know, it's so funny. Um, <laughs> but they both, uh, they both get up there and... Matt Jackson grabs Yuta. He hits three Northern Lights suplexes. And he acts as though he's going to throw Yuta off. Uh, he doesn't, thankfully. Uh, Moxley, back in the ring, down below, Moxley pile drives Ibushi. Uh, Yuta uh, gets up after the uh, Northern Lights suplexes, and Yuta climbs back down, and the crowd is booing because he's not getting thrown off of the fucking cage. Uh, it's a pretty bloodthirsty crowd they got in Boston. Uh, Matt Jackson, I don't know where he got it, but he produces a bag of thumbtacks, and he pours the thumbtacks down uh, into the the ring below. Uh, Hangman Page and Nick Jackson are in position... Uh, for Claudio and Pac to pile drive them, but Paige and Nick Jackson give both of those men back body drops into the thumbtacks. Uh, and then Nick Jackson just starts super kicking everyone. Uh, everyone not on his team, that is. Uh, Moxley puts Ibushi in a figure four leg lock. Ibushi gives Pac a buckle bomb, 
as the Young Bucks kick him. Uh, all at once, that is. And there's a standing shooting star press by Page, a moonsault by Omega, an elbow drop by Matt Jackson, and a 450 splash by Nick Jackson, all on pack. They just are destroying this man. Uh, Nick Jackson then puts Pack in a sharpshooter, and Matt Jackson puts him in a crossface, at both at once. Uh, Hangman body slams Moxley into the tax. And then uh, Pack scales the cage, holds onto it like, like it's a set of monkey bars, and he drops it down for a stomp on Nick Jackson through a table. Pretty, probably the most awesome spot of the match. Yeah, I agree. And the table was suspended on the ropes between the two rings. Yeah. It was neat. So through, up up to this point, what do you have to say, okay? Uh, other than that spot being one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other thing that I really kind of wanted to talk about briefly is did they need, they being Yuta and, and Matt Jackson, did they need to go on top of the cage? Like, do you feel like that added to the match? Like, especially going up there and teasing someone getting thrown off and then not throwing someone off? Do you feel like that, I don't know, was necessary or, like, added to the match in a positive way? Because, like, I was, I had mixed feelings about it when they were up there because I was nervous for them. But I assumed when they went up there, someone's coming off that cage. Because when you I go assumed. to the top of the cage, someone comes off of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it didn't really hit me as like, maybe this wasn't a smart idea to do this spot and then not do the spot everyone expected until the crowd was booing when Yuta was coming back down, which I thought was super messed up. But um, like I can't believe anyone booed anyone during this amazing match. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It was like, do you feel like that was, that was a smart choice, booking wise? No, no. I mean, right. Don't tease the people with, with that. You know. Yeah. Uh, when it's something they've come to expect in these, mm-hmm. I mean, these blood and guts matches, usually somebody comes off the top. Yeah. Uh, we saw it with Jericho. We saw it with Sammy Guevara. Mm-hmm. Even if it's on to padding, somebody comes off the top. Yeah. Well, I think I think it was you. We we did a watch along with it. Um, but I think it was you that pointed out, like, there's nowhere for someone to land. Like, there wasn't, like, a landing pad area, which you normally see when someone's going to come off a cage, like... Yeah. At least nowadays, you know. Uh, there's, like, like with Jericho, the big pile of padding. Uh, yeah. Or, or, at least, or at least, like, tables covered in, like, black tablecloths or something, you know, mm-hmm. something to slow the momentum down before you hit the ground. Um, and that wasn't there, so... That was a good observation on your part. Um, so, yeah, I just don't... I, I feel like... This match had so much going for it already, they didn't need... I don't feel like they gained anything by going up to the top of the cage. I mean, it was a good visual. Now, maybe if they had done some more moves up there, sure. But all they did was go up there, do, like three Northern Light suplexes mm-hmm. and drop thumbtacks down below. And, like the thumb, and that's it. The thumbtacks raining down was a really cool visual. So maybe if like Nick had gone up there, I mean, Matt had gone up there by himself just to do that and then come back down, 
that would have been different. But two men going up there, like, you really expect one to get thrown off, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Um, so I just feel like it was a weird setup that didn't deliver. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. I agree. Uh, so after this, after Pack puts Nick Jackson through a table, after dropping down onto him, uh, the two teams regroup, one in either ring, and then they attack. <laughs> uh, Page hits a lariat on Takeshita. Uh, there's a cutter by John Moxley on Hangman Page. Uh, Kenny Omega snapdragons Pack into the glass. Pack locks Omega in the Brutalizer. Claudio Castagnoli does the big swing and then puts Matt Jackson in the sharpshooter. Cody Ibushi comes over and breaks the sharpshooter with some stiff kicks. Takes several kicks uh, to break the, the sharpshooter that Castagnoli has, but it, it does. Uh, Castagnoli accidentally uppercuts Pack. Uh, who's pissed? Uh, Castagnoli is going for, um, they're holding someone. Who are they holding? I didn't write it down. They're holding someone. Uh, are you talking about when he's going for the uppercut? Yeah. He's going after Omega, but Omega dodges. Okay. Uh, and so Castagnoli accidentally uppercuts Pack, and Pack is pissed. He flips off Team uh, Blackpool Combat Club, uh, flips them all off. He takes some bolt cutters, cuts the lock off the cage, and leaves. So we're down to five on four. Uh, Snapdragon on Claudio. Snapdragon on Takeshita. Kenny Omega is just kicking people's ass now. Uh, Hangman Page hits a buckshot lariat on Claudio. Uh, Wheeler Yuta gets hit by a buckshot lariat V-trigger special we haven't really seen since the days when Omega and Hangman Page were the world tag team champions. Yeah, that was awesome to see that, that again. That was awesome to see. Uh, and then Hangman Page and Nick Jackson, uh, they... they wrestle down John Moxley, who, who with as much blood as he has on him, he's like a greased hog at this point, <laughs> but they wrestle him down and they handcuff him to the ropes in between the rings. Uh, it's at this point, things are not looking too great for the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, Don Callis comes in to retrieve Takeshita, seeing that the Blackpool Combat Club are losing. So it's now down to five on three. Uh, and if you count the fact that Moxley is incapacitated and handcuffed to the ropes, it's really down to five on two. So Hangman and Matt Jackson take this opportunity to hang Wheeler Yuta with steel chain on the top rope. Like, literally hang the man. Uh, it, it's at this point that John Moxley surrenders. He doesn't want them... Uh, to, I guess, murder Wheeler Yuta, which it looks like they're they're trying to do. Or it looks like what well, that's what they're heading towards. Um, so to save Wheeler Yuta's life, uh, John Moxley surrendered. 
and the Golden Elite win the match. A terrific match. Five bones out of five, no question. Uh, trying to think, who bled? Moxley bled. Nick Jackson Nick bled. Nick Jackson bled. Kenny Omega bled. Kenny Omega bled. Who else? Those are the main yeah, ones. Those are the main ones, yeah. I feel like Moxley bled enough for like five people, though. Do did, did, did you say Nick Jackson? Yeah. Nick Jackson, Kenny Omega. Those were the main ones. So I think a couple others might have, but those were the main ones. Um, it was a hell of a match. Some awesome moves. The The top spot was definitely Pack dropping down with the stomp mm-hmm. through the table onto Nick Jackson. Can I add something that you left out? Yeah. Um, so yeah I, I was going to ask you, yeah, what do you have to yeah, say about the, the... So, it was a great end to the match. It was a little bit confusing at first because, like, I had... The first time I watched it through... I had missed all those, like, little things that kept happening between Claudio and Pac. And so I really am glad we watched it a second time. Because uh, going in, knowing that Pac was going to eventually flip them all off and then leave. Uh, I got to see those, like, little confrontations happening and building. Well, um, and now Claudio and Pac are yes. facing each other for the Ring of Honor, for Claudio's Ring of Honor world title. Mm-hmm. At Death Before Dishonor, Friday yeah. night, the 21st. Yeah, which will be awesome. Yeah. Um, so the thing that you didn't mention, uh, at some point after Don Callis pulls out to Keshta, Matt Jackson has enough time to change one of his shoes, um, cause he's wearing a pair of white sneakers, uh, and he takes one off and puts on a Tiffany black Air Force, uh, and that the bottom puts of Puts on it, a what? A Tiffany black Air Force. So like- What the fuck is that? So black Air Forces, they're a type of Nike shoe. Yeah. And this is a Tiffany one, cause it's got like a Tiffany check swoosh mark, you know? I see. Um, Tiffany, like that's this. what that's what he called it on Instagram. Anyway, he posted a picture of it on Instagram. Okay. Um, like the diamonds. Like the diamonds, yes. Okay. Because uh, you know, like their boxes are a very distinct color. Tiffany jewelry store. Okay, it is. It's, it's like color, and so it's the color of the the swoosh mark on the on the Nike shoe. Um. Anyway, uh, the bottom of it is completely covered in tacks, and so he switches that onto his onto his foot. Uh, after as Takeshita's leaving. Uh, and then smashes it into the face of Yuta prior to him being choked out by the chain. Oh, I so, saw that. I wondered what the deal was with that shoe. I guess yeah. I didn't notice. Well, last time he had an exploding, an exploding shoe. shoe. We've seen a tack shoe before. This is just a new tack shoe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he posted a picture of all the tacks on it and, and stuff on, uh, I think on his Instagram. I saw it on Twitter. but I think On was Yuta. Like was Yuta bleeding? Yuta's oh, Yuta, bleeding. Yuta, must, Yuta must have been Yuta's bleeding, bleeding. yeah. Um, so yeah, what do you have to say about the finish? I thought it was a good look for Moxley to surrender rather than let you to be murdered. Um, <laughs> so good on him. Yeah. Uh, can I can I talk real quick about what happened after the cameras went off? Sure. So after the cameras go off, uh, the Blackpool Combat Club, the remaining members that are in the ring, and the Elite Golden Elite all shake hands. Uh, so do you think that that's a sign that the elite have finally proved to the Blackpool Combat Club that they are no longer amateurs? Well, yes. Because that was, like, the big thing. Well, the one who was shouting that was Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't there to... Yeah. Yeah, I'm very curious. He wasn't this, there to prove it to, you know? This felt like the end, right, of this 
this feud. Like, this feels like... Felt like it to me. Yeah, and so... The good guys win. Yeah, the good guys won. Uh, so I'm interested to see what happens next for both of these groups, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be a very interesting dynamite next week to see what happens because this storyline mm-hmm. has been going on for so long it's like yeah. i almost don't remember what came before it you know? right yeah um, it, it, it yeah you don't remember what it was like for these guys to have other storylines going yeah. on that yeah. weren't just them facing each other i'm hoping that I mean, think about how much more you can get out of yeah out of the show with with these guys involved with other people besides <laughs> each other you know and, yeah I'm, I'm really hoping that adam page has a storyline with the Dark Order now. You know, like, they can focus on that and it'd be, like, an actual thing. Especially with... Do you want him to be in the Dark Order? No, I want him to feud with the Dark Order. To feud with the Dark Order? I want him and the Young Bucks. So, he and the Young Bucks were wearing Dark Order colors. Yeah. So, and Evil Uno very specifically pointed it out on Twitter. So, I'm hoping that they have a three-on-three because there's three members of the Dark Order. It seems like that can't be an accident. It can't be. I no. mean, it looked like they were in the Dark Order. Yeah. The way they were dressed. It looked like mm-hmm. they were members of the Dark Order. Yeah. Somebody had to catch that. That can't have been accidental. No, I don't think it was accidental. Um, I don't know. So, don't know. that's what my hope is. Do you have a hope as to something we'll see come out of this? Um, no, not really. I'm just glad it happened. I'm go- I enjoyed this whole feud. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it from the time it started to now. I thought it was awesome. I mean, seeing some of the best wrestlers in the world compete against one another. Like like I said, whether it was in singles matches, tag matches, trios matches, blood and guts matches, whatever. We got so many good matches out of this feud. Yeah, we did. That... I'm just glad it happened, and I, I honestly haven't given any thought to the to the future. I'm I'm still been reflecting on the blood and guts match, and mm-hmm. just you know thinking about the whole feud and and appreciating the fact that we got to see it. And, um, do you think Abushi's gonna stick around, or do you think this is just a one-off? I have no idea. Yeah. I'm not gonna pretend to know anything. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know anything about the guy. I've I know he and Kenny Omega are the golden lovers, and that's about all I know about the guy. Mm-hmm. I, this was the first time I've ever seen him. I don't know anything about his contract status in in, yeah. uh, in Japan or anything, so I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, he seemed pretty good to me from what I saw. He seemed yeah. pretty good. Um, so that would be cool if he stuck around. Um, what would I like to see out of this? Um, just really, you know, uh, uh, I guess one of the bigger things is, you know, I think Wheeler Yuta has really elevated himself in the company. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's a big thing that's come out of this. I was just thinking, I need, I would like the Blackpool Combat Club to get a new member to be their, like, fall guy. Yeah. To take it off of Yuta's shoulders. I mean, Yuta has just... He's come through, and he's... Mm-hmm. He's, uh... He's very... He's just very skilled, and he's come through in a lot of ways for them. 
and been in some good matches and just had a very good match against Kenny Omega what, two, two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, was very good in this match. Took a lot of a lot of stuff in this match. Um, so that's one thing I'd like to see is Wheeler Yuta get a kind of a, a bump up, whether it's a belt or whatever, just some get an increased position in the company. So speaking of belts, and uh, wait, I'm gonna say one last okay. thing. I'd like to see Kenny Omega go back after being in the world title scene. Okay. Because, and nothing against nothing against MJF, but I want to see. I want to see uh, Kenny Omega and CM Punk for the world title. I want to see that. You're never gonna see that. Oh, I want to see that. I think, uh, I think a lot of people would love to see that. Is that a thing that can happen? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I I mean I hope they can figure out shit and work together, and mm-hmm. I would love to see CM Punk and Kenny Omega for the world title. That's that's a dream of mine. Well, that was gonna be my question. Was with this ongoing forever long feud between these two factions. No one in these factions has been going after a belt right. this whole time. So mm-hmm. my question was going to be, what belts do you want them to now pursue? So we got mm-hmm. Omega with the world title. Anyone else with a belt in mind that you want to see them go after? Because with the numbers they have, they could go after the trios or the, or the tag or a singles belt. So we got all options available to us. Yeah, um... Well, the trios, we've kind of got people I like going after them right now. We've got the Acclaimed and Daddy Ass going after the House of Black. And I like the House of Black having the belts. Mm-hmm. And if someone's going to beat them, I would kind of like it to be the Acclaimed and Daddy Ass. So I don't want any, I'm not going to name anybody going for the trios belts. Mm-hmm. And I think CM Punk and FTR would make a good team. I think FTR should drop the tag belts and maybe go into ta- uh, trios a little more with CM Punk and do CMFTR. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see, what else would I like? I guess I'd like to see Kenny Omega go, go after the world title. Uh, John Moxley obviously needs to be in the world title scene, you know, in... In main event matches, you know, mm-hmm. just in versus main eventers, doesn't need to be fighting for the world title because not not everybody can, but he mm-hmm. needs to be up there with the MJ, MJFs and whomever. Um, I'm trying to think where Hangman Adam Page should go. You know that that's it's tough. It's tough. That's a good good question that I'd I'd have to think about more than right now mm-hmm. to give you a good answer on honestly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but that that's a good that's a great question, but I don't want to take up time just sitting here and thinking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, besides the answer I can give you, I, Kenny Omega should be in the world title picture, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and past that, I don't really have an answer for you. I hate to say. Um. Maybe Wheeler Yuta somewhere in the international title picture. I could see that. So you're not going to like my answer, but I'd like to see him go after his Ring of Honor pure championship. I was going to say that. Really? Okay. I, I, thought, I thought you were going to not before that. Could be Ring of Honor pure. 
Because mm-hmm. um, he was good at that, you know. But I think the AEW International title would be a step up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think maybe the AEW International title would be something to go after. He would be a good guy to beat Orange Cassidy, Wheeler Yuta, I feel like. That would be a big thing for him. Mm-hmm. So that would be cool. Uh, a nice way to reward Yuta. Um, like I said, Moxley just needs to be in the main events. You know, Moxley, MJF, uh, CM Punk, Kenny Omega. These are guys that need, need to be in the main events, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, just as long as they're up there. Hangman Page obviously needs to be in the main events. Chris Jericho, uh, you know, these are your, your main eventers. Um, singles stuff. I want to mm-hmm. see Omega in singles matches. I want to see Hangman Page in singles matches. Moxley in singles matches. Danielson, when he returns, in singles matches. So stop with the tag team stuff and the trio stuff. Uh, have them in singles matches. The Bucks, obviously, going after the uh, after the tag team titles. The tag division needs needs a little re- revitalization right now because the whole blind tag team tournament has kind of thrown cold water on the tag team division mm-hmm. because they've been so busy with this tournament that the real tag teams haven't gotten a chance to fight much lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so having the Young Bucks back in the tag division would be nice. Um, you know, you got FTR, Bullet Club Gold, Young Bucks, throwing them back in, uh, having the Ring of Honor tag champs, Lucha Brothers come, try and win both sets of belts, that'd be cool. Have all four of those teams together as your mm-hmm. main tag teams, that would be sweet. And the guns. And the guns, yeah, as your, as your fifth option, yeah, mm-hmm. throw those those choices together in matches uh, would be great. Um, I guess I am giving you some answers here. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Ibushi, like I said, I don't know him well enough to, to, to answer anything about him. Uh, who else is on the Hangman page? Um, needs to be in the main event picture for sure. Um, one, two, three, four, Bushi, Omega, Castagnoli, uh, has the Ring of Honor world title. I could see him being in the international title picture in AEW. Uh, I don't think he necessarily has to be a main event guy. It, it, it can, not everybody can be in the main event picture. I could see him being in the international main event. I could see him having a long international title reign. Castagnoli. Um, I could see that happening. As, as course, sort of the upper mid-carter guy. Uh, that's what he's been most of his time, is the upper mid-carter guy. Um, so who have I got? Moxley, Castagnoli... You to. That's it. That's yeah. it. Went yeah. through everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Yeah, I was just curious what your. Oh, yeah, and Danielson, when he's healthy, if I had to name, you know, f- when Danielson gets healthy, the world title scene 
should be Brian Danielson, MJF, CM Punk, Kenny Omega, John Moxley, They're not putting MJF in that? I said MJF. Oh, did you? Oh, okay, yeah, I missed yeah, that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, probably... Probably Hangman Adam Page. Not Adam Cole, though. Uh, if I had to name six, no. Mm-hmm. If I had to keep it to six, which is a number I just came up with for, for why not, mm-hmm. then then No. Um, if I had to even name seven, I would probably put Chris Jericho ahead of Cole. Hmm. Um, I would put Orange Cassidy in there. I think it it might be time for him. He's shown, and -hmm. a lot of people still write him off as a comic wrestler. I see Mm -hmm. it on the internet all the time. Mm -hmm. But I don't care what those people say, because anybody with two eyes and a brain can see that he has really shown that he's much more than a, a comic wrestler. Mm-hmm. He's he's for real. I mean, this guy is a star. Orange Cassidy. Yeah. With his international title reigns, it's not just one of the best things in AEW. It's one of the best things in U.S. wrestling in years. Mm-hmm. His international title reign. And what it's done for the title. Yeah. I mean, he's just... A single, not single-handedly, but he and his opponents in those matches have just upped that title's value uh, like crazy to the point where it's going to be a big deal when he loses it. Uh, it's going to be a sad day when he loses it, too, because mm-hmm. he's been such a fighting champion, such a good champion. Like, he is the the reason that there are belts in wrestling. The, the 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 way the way that they've have helped his character oh, is saying. the reason that there are belts in wrestling where where it's been something to fight for it's been something for him to fight for and even a character where he's so uh hey that's enough that's our dog even a character who's so oblivious and doesn't seem like he cares mm-hmm. about enough to fight for things in the ring, it's a different story where he's mm-hmm. fighting his ass off for his belt. Mm-hmm. And then out of the ring, he's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But we know he cares because he's in the ring fighting his ass off mm-hmm. and getting a different body part hurt every week Yeah. for how much he cares. And he cares so much, he's getting this the international title over like crazy mm-hmm. and getting himself over like crazy in the process and proving himself yeah. as a as a world class um uh, uh i mean as a world class wrestler you know mm-hmm. showing he can really do m- way more than comedy i mean orange cassidy i can't say enough good about him i mean i agree that's why i was saying i would put him in the yeah i mean it's a it, big title shot it's scene. about time yeah it's about time mm-hmm. yep so we got a little off but that's whatever right. that's fine that's fine uh, well, folks, uh, this has been No Bones About Wrestling. Um, this has been our AEW Dynamite Blood and Guts <laughs> review and recap. 
I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we always do Thursday Dynamite Review, and Sunday we do our um, Collision Reviews. Uh, this week you will hear from us on Saturday. We'll have a Death by Dishonor. Death Before Dishonor. Oh, yeah, Death, Death Before Dishonor recap uh, up. Uh, if if you have time, we, we just today put our Death Before Dishonor uh, preview and predictions up. The show is tomorrow, Friday. Um, so listen to the predictions if you care to. Uh, it's a pretty fun show, if I say myself. And... Uh, we are on last week in wrestling show tonight at uh, seven o'clock. <laughs> if you listen to this immediately, we're on there tonight at seven o'clock talking about stuff. Tonight is Thursday, the 20th. Uh, we're on there tonight at seven talking about stuff. Um, and just wherever you listen to podcasts, um, subscribe to us so you don't miss a show. And uh, you can check us out on YouTube. We have videos on there of me collecting the AEW trading cards. We have me opening the AEW Elite crates that we get sent with lots of neat stuff in them. Go check it out. Um, we also put our podcasts on, on YouTube if you want to check them out on there. Uh, not, not video, just the audio. Um, and uh, rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate us five bones, five stars, whatever they'll let you give us. Rate us. It helps us find new fans, and then we can all talk to each other about wrestling and, and have a little community and have fun like that. Uh, so, folks, thanks very much for listening. And uh, as Mick Foley would say, have a nice day. Bye.